0: Welcome to FranCoach's Franchising 101 podcast series. Here, we talk about all things franchising. What is it all about? Is it for you? How do you find the best one to own? And so much more. Now your host, Tim Parmeter. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of FranCoach's Franchising 101 podcast. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO of FranCoach and your Franchising 101 host. Today, we have one of our franchise partners joining us today to talk about their brand. Well, and actually several of them, and more importantly, their unique approach to creating happy, successful franchisees with happy long-term customers. Sounds pretty good. Before we get to them, quick reminder of who we are. Um, and Coach is a national search firm dedicated to working with individuals who are interested in owning a franchise. We're partnered with well over 600 of the top franchisors in the country, spanning nearly 70 industries. Our goal is to help clients find the absolute best franchise known. And the goal of the Franchising 101 podcast series is to help educate people on all aspects of franchise ownership. All right, that's us. Now, as always, let's get to the good stuff. And our guest and joining us today is the Senior Vice President of Franchise Development for Happy Nest Brands, Mr. Eric Martin. Eric, thanks for joining us today. Tim, and it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Cool, man. We've got a uh, a bunch of things we want to learn about um, the overall happiness brands, but the specific ones. But franchising, I think more than anything at at its core is a people business. And I like to always kind of get to know people and hear their story of how did you, Mr. Eric Martin, get into this crazy world that is franchising?
1: I'm sure you've heard this before, but we don't find franchising. Franchising somehow as a way of finding us. I kind of fell into it. Honestly, I'm so glad I did many years ago. So uh, my background really started off in athletics. I got done with college. I played football in college and gotten into coaching, became a graduate assistant for my first real job. So I learned a lot from some pretty Good mentors about how to handle my business and be accountable at a really young age. And I knew that wasn't my long-term path. It was a short-term experience and I gained a lot from that and got my master's degree done. And I came back to where I'm from and where I live now and my family here in Omaha, Nebraska. And I wanted to get into corporate America. Uh, I felt like I was, I was ready. I had some good skills and I, I got involved. My very first real job was an enterprise rent-a-car and I managed a branch for a period of time. I was promoted into the sales department, kind of the regional office and overseeing the car sales division. And I I knew that wasn't my career, but I learned an awful lot there. And I kind of worked myself into medical sales and recruitment and getting experience in a longer term process and working with higher level people. And that was a really cool experience. And someone I met in that line of work They found franchising for a senior home care company and ended up uh, getting into a, a kind of an international role and this good friend of mine kind of opened my door to franchising and said hey this particular company based in omaha in the senior care space is looking for somebody to help with franchise development. And I said, franchise development, what is it kind of like a McDonald's subway type of thing? <laughs> I knew nothing about franchising, like many of our candidates and many of us, when we kind of get into right. it initially, everybody's gotta start somewhere. So it kind of found me. I, I made some different steps along the way, got a break, got an opportunity to get in and learn from some really, really good people. That's part of life, right, Tim? You gotta have mentors in life right. that see something in you, take you under their wing, and say let me help you and see where this goes and i never looked back this was now going on 14 years ago and uh you know spent a lot of years with this particular company and and through those journeys met someone named scott frith who's the chairman of happiness brands and we've known each other for years and he presented this opportunity to me like i said about six and a half years ago and said i'm building a multi-brand company here anchored by one of the top service franchise concepts in the country. Would you have some interest to help me take this to a new level? And I I said, I would, but one caveat, I can't move to New Jersey, which is where happiness is based (laughs) that I've got a wife and four daughters here, and they'd kill me if we left Omaha and all their grandparents and friends and family. He said, we can work on that and do this virtually. So that's kind of where that transition happened. And it's been an incredible journey so far uh with happiness and we're just getting started. So that's kinda how I got into it. We're let me hear to today and I'm blessed to be in it
0: like you. That that's awesome. No, and it's and I, I there's literally every time I've asked that question, there's exactly one person that didn't have some version of dumb luck. Like, right? As you said, if it if it, it, it found you not not the other not the other way around. And so um, And as and we may have to have this conversation separately as as a former college basketball player and, uh, somebody who got into coaching for a while, like it's like, there's, there's a, there's a different weird mindset that we have. Um, and, uh, so, which also kind of lends itself to to franchising. I think it's why athletes make such great franchise owners, um, follow, follow the game plan, right. Um, follow the game plan dummy, don't mess it up and good things are good things are usually going to happen. So, um, Super cool, man. So then, now we have this thing called Happy Nest, and there are a, a handful of different franchises underneath. But for the brands, I think there's there's a little story and kind of method to the madness uh, with, with Happy Nest. So kind of walk us, and I just said it wrong because you corrected me earlier, um, but, um, but w- walk us through a little bit of, of that because I think it's really, uh, I think it's key to, the success of the franchise owners and the different brands that are, that are underneath the, uh, the umbrella. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Thank you. Um, I think a good place to start, it's hard to talk about Happy Nest brands without talking about the anchor brand and the original happiness brand, Lawn Doctor. Lawn Doctor started in the late 1960s in New Jersey. And really took off in the 70s and has become, as you know, a powerhouse service concept around the country. There's about 650 locations and we're adding several quality franchise owners still every single year for that particular brand. It specializes in lawn treatment and conditioning. So not a mowing company, but fertilization, weed control, seeding, aeration. Well, we call it a lawn spa. Anything for the health and beauty of your property, whether you're a residential or or commercial customer, we can provide. And that brand just recently was inducted into the Entrepreneur Media Hall of Fame. We're one of three brands, Lawn Doctor, to be ranked as a franchise 500 for 44 straight years. The other two are Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's. So we're a pretty elite company there. And why I start with that, Tim, is Lawn Doctor kind of built the path, created the path, if you will, of of the map for what we wanted to create at Happy Nest was leveraging experience, knowledge, over 200 collective years of franchising experience on a happiness leadership team. But we learned a lot from Lawn Doctor. Lawn Doctor has evolved and really changed in kind of how, how it looks compared to what it did even 10 years ago. This is very much an Amazon world. It's all about immediacy, speed to lead, user experience, quality. And then, of course, from there, that lends itself to retention. Well, a lot of this roadmap was created with Lawn Doctor by creating an in-house sales center, an in-house media team that centralizes all of the media and demand creation for franchise owners. And our staff size, since Happiness has been formed, has more than doubled. But even prior to that, I was like, we've got a lot of meat on the bone here. We've got a lot of resources. And Lawn Doctor is a wonderful company. It's expanded and continues to grow every single year. But what if we could use a lot of these learnings and these shared services that we have to accelerate the growth for other brands that are maybe emerging that fit into what we wanna build, which is a home services focused or right? So what we love here is recurring revenue, mobility, no need for heavy bricks and mortar, not a need for a lot of employees, and, and really an opportunity for someone to scale thoughtfully. And there's a lot of synergy, synergy in our brands, right? We're a home services focused company. So to summarize, we acquired a brand called Mosquito Hunters in 2018, it's based in Chicago. At the time we acquired them, there were about six locations. We've grown that now to nearly 150. Ecomage was our next acquisition in 2019. At the time, two locations, we've now grown that to just shy of hundred locations. And we talked about this offline a bit earlier we just recently announced our acquisition of elite window cleaning which is based in canada it does window cleaning gutter cleaning power washing and house washing uh, to a few of the services but that brand is coming into the happiness portfolio as well and it's going to be focused in canada there will be a brand we're incubating here in the us that will be announced officially toward the end of the year very similar to that of elite in the United States. So we're going to continue adding brands thoughtfully that fit into our matrix. You're not gonna see happiness getting into food as an example or, or, or retail. I never say never, but our, our focus is on service related concepts that revolve around recurrence, repeat business, and having great retention opportunities for a franchise owners. So. Home services, we'll talk more about that here in probably the next next segment here, but it's just exploding. And we feel at Happiness that we're extremely well positioned to capture a lot of that market share, really based on kind of our culture here, in that we're nationally known, but we're locally owned. Right? So when you start to think about business, you've got to have relevance, you've got to have a beautiful website, you've got to have conversion, you've got to have marketing happening. We can centralize a lot of those things across our companies for a franchise owner, but you can't duplicate great customer experience. And that's where that locally owned aspect comes in. You're plugging into a mothership at happiness and a lot of resources that we can bring to a franchise owner, bring to a community, but our model doesn't work if we don't have a good local owner focusing on boots on the ground activities. and and customer relationships and management. So that's kind of what our focus is, finding the best of the best that wanna be in home services, like our concept, whichever one that may be, and have an opportunity to perhaps, maybe grow up with happiness as they become more efficient as a franchise owner, there's an opportunity to go deeper in a territory, perhaps add another happiness brand, as it makes sense. We don't do this right away, believe me, but as someone evolves, it's, it's a lot easier to grow up in service than it is to expand out. It can become much more complex the wider you get in a recurring model like we have here. So hopefully that gives you a good sense of kind of where we got started with Lawn Doctor, brands that we've added, brands that we are adding, and really utilizing the shared services approach to make a franchise owner more relevant and give them, as we call it, an unfair advantage. We can have you focus, on the day to day, on your customers, and allow happiness and our brands to focus on really generating that activity for you, that media, that presence, that validation—that's so hard to get as a local independent business owner. Awesome.
0: No, I love it, and I think as you as you talk about just the the, the name and, and Happy Nest, and how you you said it to me earlier was the the, the nest—it's it's making us happy in our nest where we where we live. These are things, right? If we go outside and as now we're, we're into April and um, I'm spoiled living in the, in the South so I can go outside most of the time, right? But um, I don't know how long ago it's been since there was some of that white stuff on the ground there in Omaha. But as you get outside, we want to be like, you go outside and if I could pull the camera and show you my backyard, you'd be trying to get a lawn doctor dude over here in like two seconds to help make the grass grow I don't have to worry about mosquitoes really here, but I grew up in the Midwest where that's not fun, right? And to, um, or just having, having, constantly having a clean house. I don't have to worry about it with, with those things. It really is like, it kind of actually makes makes a little sense in that recurring model. If you do a good job, like I have no reason to go as a customer, I have no reason to go shop for somebody else to come in there. You've done a good job, you're reliable, you show up, you, it, it's quality. it's a quality service. I'm going to be a customer like until I move basically. Right. So you've got, you've got that. Um, You mentioned the home service. I want to talk about that um, just in general as an industry, two of your brands are outside. Right. And so we just literally last week we did a podcast kind of, I call it the seasonality myth, right? Like, Oh, I live in the North. I can't possibly run a season seasonal business. Um, We're not outside as much. Um, you know, not doing the service 12 months a year, those, those owners and those owners in the South are, they so much luckier than me. You've got 600, some lo- owners with lawn doctor in particular, um, they're, you know, it's pretty evenly dispersed. Talk about that seasonality, a lawn doctor in Omaha versus a lawn doctor in Phoenix or Tampa or wherever, um. Are they, are they suffering because of the seasonality? Are they able to build the same businesses? What's that look like for your owners? Yeah, and,
1: and you alluded to this Two of our, our brands are perimeter based and there are definitely a lot of outside of the home, i.e. not crossing the threshold. And there are a lot of positives to that. Uh, certainly flexibility, not having to reschedule people because they're not home. Uh, not typically nights and weekends because you're doing things during the day. So a lot of people are drawn to outdoor businesses because of that. But when you start thinking about some of our lawn doctor owners and mosquito hunters owners, some of our higher performers are in Northern markets. And it's all about capturing business at the right time and fulfilling that demand as much as you can. We don't look at a customer like a customer. We look at them like they're 10 or 12 or 14 customers because you're seeing them schedule all throughout the year. Right, So there are some different services we offer in the North as we don't in the South. There's different programs because it's a different agronomy or a different climate. So we see a lot of very successful franchise owners in the Northern markets, but generally that's what they want is seasonality. They want to have a business that has a defined start of servicing and a defined end because a lot of our owners, they have off-season interests. So or they might have other things that they want to do. Every business really, Tim, when you think about it, is seasonal even bricks and mortar in retail right there's going to be highs there's going to be lows the difference in a a service model is it's very predictable because you know hey my season's going to for example in nebraska end probably late october to early november is when my fall servicing season is done and i know that's going to stop and guess what else does a lot of my expenses to run my day-to-day there's no product there's no employee costs things like that you get your website live and your vehicles and equipment things like that into your off season but you can manage your cash flow. We train our owners on that in our seasonal models where you're generating a lot of revenue in these power windows. You got to manage that into the off season. So when the servicing stops, so do a lot of the expenses compared to that of maybe a retail play where, whether you have one customer in your store that day or you have 101 coming into your store that day, your expenses are the same 12 months out of the year. And that can be a little overwhelming. Yep. So it's very predictable. but. I think it's almost one of the more attractive points to say look and this is being very real and candid you can generate annual income and more so than a lot of bricks and mortar year-round businesses in these seasonal windows if you do it the right way and that's very attractive to our type of investor
0: yeah and it's not like you're not doing anything right you're you're still you know a a savvy owner is still building relationships in the community referral sources you might still even be doing doing sales consultations things like things like that um from that standpoint but I think it it, it tends to blow people's mind that they think just because you're in the north that you're not going to make as much money because there's a smaller window but there's there's such a premium on being outdoors in the northern states they like you can charge more they they have I think a better appreciation of I need everything great because I can only be out there for six, eight months out of the year versus me and waffling back and forth between Florida and, and Arizona, I'm friggin' spoiled. I can go outside almost, almost all year long and not have to worry about it, right? Um, and then you mentioned the, like with Mosquito Hunters, well, uh, I'm, and, and again, I know the answer to this, but where was Mosquito Hunters founded, uh, which I think is a really good example of how seasonality is, I'm really not that big of a deal for things like this. Where were they founded? Chicago. Chicago, <laughs> Last Illinois. Day check. You know, and right.
1: Pretty seasonal. Pretty seasonal. And without getting into all the details, like when you look up and down the board and happiness and our concepts in different markets, you'll see a lot of northern markets just performing at extremely high levels. And you make a really good point. You've got a limited window to enjoy that experience in certain markets. So you want it taken care of. Right. And, spend time outdoors and enjoy your property. And the owners in Chicago has done incredibly well, but we've seen several other Northern market owners just scaling at um, you know incredible rates. So you made a good, a good point. You're always working on your business. There's an off season in just about anything. It's, it's more of an off season you can prepare for and know what am I gonna get done to set myself up for that next, what we call power window in the spring whether it's upsells, it's bundles, it's marketing going out, it's Christmas cards. We're always thinking of ways to stay top of mind and in front of our customers. So it's not like the the engine turns off and it's just you shut her up and you come back and open up again in April. No, you're always working on, you're always strategizing. But it's nice to take a little break and a breath and say, okay, let's look at last year. How did I do? Where can I make improvements and how do I grow into my my next season and be prepared for that? But you run hard in those earlier stages, right?
0: When you're building the business, yeah. and it's nice to have that moment to take a breath and reflect. Yeah, kind of, kind of like our, our our days, you know, decades ago of being being a college athlete or a college coach. You're like the season's over, and people will go, "Well, what are you doing now?" I'm like, uh, "We're still, we're, we're still, we just don't have games, right? We're still doing all this stuff. It might be slightly less, but it, it's it's you're still you're still working. You're still working year round, right? Whether you're the athlete and you're still Doing all you're, you're lifting, you're playing, you're doing whatever your stuff. Or you're the coach. You're constantly recruiting, looking for for new players. Same thing with same thing with your owner still constantly out there looking to try to find uh, like who can I get more referral sources from? How can I get out and, and market and network to get more customers on the docket for next year? Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from our podcast to tell you about our amazing friends at Entrepreneur. If you're looking to become a franchisee or simply learn more about business ownership, and guys, let's be honest, you're listening to the Franchise 101 podcast, so we know you have some interest in it. Really encourage you to go to entrepreneur.com to check out all of their great content and resources. Seriously, Entrepreneur has everything, all the way from a bookstore to the best podcasts, webinars, and videos, plus information on upcoming events, and the latest articles that seriously may cover all aspects of franchising and business ownership. If you're having trouble deciding which franchise is right for you, start with Entrepreneur's renowned Franchise 500 ranking, which highlights the best franchises of 2022. For 45 years and counting now, Entrepreneur has been and can be the most widely recognized and respected authority in the franchise market. Digital and print subscriptions are available, so you never miss out on anything. So seriously, what are you waiting for? Go to entrepreneur.com right now and learn more. Talk a little bit about your owner, right? So the, and I know it's probably a little bit different for each, but is there any kind of common thread across the, the, the Happy Nest brands that you're looking for in an owner?
1: You know, it's a great question. When you think about home services in general, it's kind of a blue collar industry. There's a lot of fragmentation. There are several independent moms and pops, some that are hobbies or side hustles. And you get a lot of that kind of fragmentation, I'll put it in the service space. What we attract or what we aim to attract are people that embrace that hey I'm I'm looking at a fragmented space it is a blue collar space but we run it in a very experiential white glove white collar way so when you start to think about blue collar space white glove white collar approach customers don't necessarily expect real professionalism thorough follow up communication you know that's what we pride ourselves in here at happiness and we start to look at owners We tell them very early, we're not asking you to go out and knock on doors. We don't like that. That's not our our style here at Happiness. We wanna create demand, create a presence through several different tactics. Some of those you'll implement, what we call ground game, local development, lawn signs and door hangers and getting involved in your chamber or BNI, social events, sponsorships, home and garden shows, farmers markets. I mean, the list goes on. We even use our vehicles. We call them mobile billboards. We move them around the community, do parketing and park and So. There's a lot of things that owners are involved in, but they know demand creation, whether it's digital ads, display, Facebook and Instagram, direct mail. We're doing the creative and we're pushing that into their zip codes. They're focused on that ground game activity, but beyond that community presence, that community builder, you want someone who's communicative, good with people, can develop rapport, uh, and, You know, have some, not so much salesmanship, but more consultative. Sales confidence, being able to communicate with people and and know their brand inside and out and be that community ambassador. We look for folks that are positive, Tim. We talk about this on our meet the team days and what we look for. We talk about the four P's a lot, which is positivity, patience, proactiveness and perseverance. We want to see candidates that display those four P's consistently because there's going to be challenges. You and I both know that nothing's perfect. But being able to push through those things and keep a positive demeanor and you know, that, that's really important for us. So those are some of the attributes we look for. But the last thing is, do you have a turf management background or a degree in horticulture or do you, are you a licensed applicator or, you know, have you cleaned homes before? Those aren't things we're looking for. Those are very trainable skill sets. The arrow and the equivalent right. needs to come along with a candidate are the things that I kind of listed
0: there. Yeah, and I think and and I'm glad you you kind of pointed out that last piece because I think there's there's a common misconception, right? Well, I, like either I don't know. and The joke I always tell people like you could typically be the biggest slob on the planet and own a cleaning franchise, right? You don't need to. You, you guys looking at EcoMates candidate? You're not coming into a house to see how clean it is to see if you want them to be an owner. They're like that's that's not that's not their job. Um, so weirdly, I think it's a good advantage. If you were a, sl- if I owned EcoMades, every person I was interviewing, they'd be cleaning my house, right? To see how, see how they did. Um, I'd have a, the cleanest house in the world, and I'd know if people were good. Um, but the that you don't need that experience because your owners. I mean, they might hop in there once in a while to 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 kind of help out, but they're not the doer all day long, right? They're like you said, they're out connecting in the community, they're building their staff. Um, you know, maybe doing consultations when somebody you know inquires about, hey, I'm interested in your service. Can you sit down and talk to them? But you guys, you guys aren't looking for that day in day out. Like um, they're they're doing the service all day every day. Correct.
1: That's correct. Yeah, and you'll hear that term in in service concepts. They call the the man in the van or the the bucket bob or the chuck in the truck. We we talk very early with candidates about the role of an owner and the expectation and. We want owners that want to work on it and not in it. Not to be too cliche, but that's that's how you start is with that mentality and individuals you're talking to, I'm talking to, it's changing. Home services is becoming more and more sophisticated now that franchising is getting more involved in it. And why is that? It's really when you look at kind of both ends of the spectrum, the baby boomers, 78 million strong. Millennials, over 90 million. Those two generations are defining how business operates in our country. And when you think about the opportunities behind home services with the boomers, we, we lovingly refer to that as kind of the can't do it society in many cases, living at home, aging in place, living much longer lives, which is great, but need more hands around to help around that home. Then you got the millennial. We call that the don't want to do it. I've got one of them. Okay. <laughs> I know how that is right? They don't want to pick up a paintbrush. They don't want to clean the home. They don't want to treat for pests, for God's sakes, or take care of their lawn or their siding or their window. They value their time, their experience, and they're willing to spend money disproportionately in many cases to their income level. to have it done for them. That generation is the reason why home formation in this country is expected to more than double over the next 10 to 15 years, right? So we see this convergence happening where home services, it's a $600 billion space. And to date, it's been really dominated by moms and pops. And we see a share shift happening. We see consolidation over the years to come where the bigger players, the multi-brand platform companies that have gotten really good at marketing and being able to drive revenue and shared services. And when you start thinking about the long-term vision of a Happy Nest brands, We want to drive down the acquisition costs because, Tim, if I've got, you know, three or four of my brands in your area and I've got three or four ad funds going into that area and three or four owners in that area doing a great job sharing referrals and creating systems where, hey, you've used Law & Doctor for years. Let me introduce you to our sister brand, EcoMates. It's a happiness brand. Great review scores. You can trust us. Let's go ahead and knock off 20 percent off of your service and let's give us a shot. That strategy is going to continue to evolve for companies like Happiness. Once we have dispersion and several brands in a market, and naturally where this gets interesting for a franchise, owner, whether they own several brands themselves or they're one of several owners in a marketplace that's benefiting from those resources.
0: Yeah. And 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 again, just some of the things like buying power, right? Um, they're they're gonna your owners are going to get things for significantly less than if just me or you walked in off the street to buy you know, any of, the, any of the equipment, any of the product, I think that's that, that's a huge thing that gets lost on people as well. Right. So um, there's probably a million things you could talk about. Um, but if there is a certain aspect of the support internally that you're going to provide franchise franchisees, um, is there anything that really in particular that you would want to highlight that you guys I mean? We, we, we kill it with this. We're, we're awesome at this this area of support.
1: I think where I would start is with Happy Nest, nothing in life is easy. Nothing is. It takes effort. It takes boots on the ground. There's always a lift. And I think early on when we're talking to potential franchise owners, it's interesting to me. I think about this a lot, as I know you do, Tim. Like people are wanting control. They're wanting predictability. They're wanting flexibility. But in the short term, they're they're embracing some chaos, they're embracing some uncertainty, some unpredictability, I'm starting a new business. Having a franchisor behind you mitigates a lot of that risk. There is a proven system, as we know, there is a roadmap that has to be executed on and it's a two-way street. So I'm very upfront. Anybody we work with, most people don't start businesses because it's hard. Those that do, that 1% that take that leap and have success, people see that owner Five, 10, 15 years down the road, so successful. If I want to be like that, I could have done that. Well, you didn't take the initiative, didn't start at ground zero. Smart people start at ground zero, but they do it with a good franchise or that can provide them that roadmap. You and I both were in athletics, right? So we can kind of appreciate right. this. I look at a franchise or puts you on the 50-yard line going in. You're not backed up on your own five trying to figure out how to get that first, first down. That's really hard to do. You've got an advantage now where we shine as a franchise or a centralization we're taking off of the plate from an owner things that can be centralized whether it's financials it's IT, it's marketing it's it's sales with our sales center these are duplicative actions that happen every day I have to but as a local business owner where your focus should be is on your customer base taking care of people that paid you yesterday right that's where you get retention right we're helping you find people looking to pay tomorrow, taking that off of their plate so they can focus on those boots on the ground. And we could talk for an hour about all the services and the support that a happiness branch provides a franchise owner. But beyond the centralization, I think growing thoughtfully, we've gotten really, really good at marketing surgically, helping owners know how to improve that with their ground game. We've created micro territories. And the last thing we wanna do is have someone get too wide too quick, as I said earlier. Go deep in your area. Let's build some density and efficiency. And then from there, talk about strategizing on growing, whether it's another brand or another territory. So providing data, analytics, systems to our franchise owners so they know where they stand at any point in comparison to the entire system or in their region, as an example, what gets measured gets improved in business. And having good data and history to kind of look at and say, where am I at in comparison to my peers that's how we coach franchise owners. And not to be punitive or or big brother. You don't sign up to be a business owner to have a boss, but you right. do become a franchise owner because you want guidance and you want that that path, if you will. And I feel that's what we provide a lot of value to our franchise owners with them.
0: Awesome. No, I love it. And I think in just in general, the most people when they start looking at franchises end up being very overwhelmed by the level of support. And sometimes in areas that they didn't even realize they were going to need support, right? But um, and I, I, I totally wrote this down. I'm going to steal it, like I came up with it. But what, 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 what gets measured? How do you say that? Well, like what gets measured gets what gets, gets measured
1: gets improved,
0: right? Yeah. Um, and 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 again, like my brain still, even after all these years, kind of works like an athlete, right? It's it's the stats, right? Well, I took 20 shots. I'm sure I made over half of them, right? Like if we actually counted, no, it was like two, dude, you, you, you suck. Let's get out out there and let's, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's work on this. Let's work on that. Right. And get, get better. Um, and really, and I know you guys have a great reputation for this of, of like helping, you know, and again, not being that, not being punitive, not being the micromanager, not being a boss. It's like, as a franchisee, where do you want, where are your goals? Right. Are you happy? You know, at this level with one territory, if you're happy, like, Happy franchisee, happy franchisor. But if you want more, you want to reach higher levels of goals. You guys are, again, have all those things in place to be able to kind of coach and guide somebody to, how do we, you know, how do we get to this level? How do we expand? And again, the, the multi-brand thing to me is just, it, it's just, it's killer, because, especially for what you guys are doing. Because again, it's recurring revenue. It's you've built the trust of being a quality provider. If you're doing it for lawn doctor, you're gonna they're gonna trust you for mosquito hunters. They're gonna trust you for eco maids. They're gonna trust you for whatever that next one is coming down the road. For so again, people would want that empire builder mentality. You guys are helping them do it, but in a smart, sensible way, not just throwing a bunch of you know what against the wall to see what sticks. So and I, I just from and and you you and I know there's some players out there in this in this in this world that don't do it the right way. And so kudos to you guys for, 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 building that. So, and thank you so much, Eric, really for coming on to kind of share all this with us. Uh, Tim,
1: it's been my pleasure. And, you know, with you and I having a background in athletics and in coaching. I think the last thing I'll, I'll leave uh, our, our, our guests with here is good franchise owners. I've done this a long time and, as you have and kind of looked at attributes of what makes somebody successful as a franchisee. And to me, one of the biggest attributes is they're coachable, really and truly. I think when people start a business, they're entrepreneurial, they wanna go out on their own, they wanna be successful and build wealth and an asset that can be monetized and get family maybe involved and who knows, maybe someday sell that business for a nice return or keep it in the family. But it starts in the beginning, checking the ego at the door. Everybody who starts a business, if you're qualified to start a franchise and you're a part of a good or you're vetted as much as you're vetting that franchise system. Right. right? And you're not going to be in this situation if we don't feel like you could be successful, if you're not well capitalized. So inherently, most people coming into it have been successful, but it's kind of checking that ego at the door and saying, teach me. I want to follow your system. And there's a time and a place, Tim, for an owner to branch out a little bit, try some new things, experiment. But in those first two to three years, it's the most important time to execute, to follow those systems, to learn from the best, to be involved in those peer group meetings and learn from coaches and be at the conferences. Gobble it up as much as you can because it's going to set you up for long-term success. Forget about what you, you knew or what you thought you knew. Come into it with a clean slate. Be coachable. Embrace that, and it will set you up for success long term.
0: Follow the dang plan. That, like it's just it's really that simple. But sometimes that's like people can't do it. So um, no, I, I love it, man. Eric, really, thank you so much for for coming on today to to talk to us about Happy Nest and and their different brands. So thank you so much. Thanks, Tim. Hope to do it again sometime soon. Absolutely. And, and lastly, for all of our wonderful, loyal podcast listeners, thanks again for tuning in. Um, reach out to us. Uh, you're listening to the Franchising 101 podcast. Of course, you're interested in becoming a franchise owner. Let's chat. Uh, francoach.net, Franchising101podcast.net. There's never, ever any fee for our service. Uh, so reach out, set up that first call and let us help you find your better tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Francoach's Franchising 101 podcast, where our ultimate goal is to help educate you on all things franchising so you can create your better tomorrow.